Hello everyone and welcome to another episode. And today we're actually going to talk about us picking up the RV. So where we stopped off last time was that they were telling us it was going to be ready probably in a week and I was saying that it was probably going to be the week after that. Well, my husband got on the phone and told them, hey, I have a bed going on with my wife. And depending on how you see this, the next day they called us and told us, it's ready, sir. And it had nothing to do with the bed. I was right and you were wrong. So now we've got it documented on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It's not about being right or being wrong. I just think they took part of the bro code (laughs) and they called down the line and got it ready for you guys. I wish women were that way too. We're just more effective. Uh, No, but to be truthful about it, it was ready, but we didn't pick it up until the following week. (laughs) So we were both right. If you want to see it that way. Anyway, the bro code took effect on this one. Thanks. Who was it? Will. And who else? From uh, Integra, Ted. Yes. So thank you guys. It was, it, it made for good commentary. <laughs> well, after a two day drive from Houston to Atlanta, we finally saw our motorhome. And it was even nicer than either one of us thought. <laughs> this motorhome was actually a. A purchase made online. Have you ever made some of those crazy purchases where you're not sure whether it's going to be a dud or if it's going to actually stand up to the standards that they're saying? Well, this was one of those gambles here. So we were a bit worried about what we were going to find when we got there. But what we found was a very, very well-built motorhome. Uh, Everybody there was very helpful and get and helping us get uh, acquainted with it. And they even let us stay there overnight uh, in in a covered uh, building. And they welcomed us with access to their building and their restrooms and everything. Overnight. Overnight. And they were just extremely helpful. Um, And we really appreciated it. So the process when you go and pick up the motorhome is actually you first go in, you meet with the sales individual who's taking care of your paperwork, you sign the papers, and then you're assigned an individual who then goes through the entire process of the things in the motorhome, the motorhome itself and how it's used. And they teach you how to properly use it, how to properly connect every single little detail. And this actually takes about five hours to do so it's not something that you can do you're not just going to go and pick up the motorhome you're actually going to be trained on how it works and how to use it however as we will talk about a little bit later they didn't talk about how to back into really really tight spaces (laughs) yeah i think we would we would like to have a uh driving little uh, instruction prior to actually taking it off the lot that would be very helpful if people haven't driven something that size before and I think it takes like anything is trials and tribulations it takes a little while getting used to now I'm gonna say I have not driven it yet because I'm letting Joe take control of this you know he, he really needs to get it homed in 
Yeah, she's just scared. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, we've we had uh, lots of fun with it uh, to start off with, and one of the things you have to get used to is that you're actually sitting when you're driving this. You're actually sitting in front of the tires that sh that are uh, you're turning, and that takes a little getting used to. And the turning radius, uh, I had a chance to look at this when I was outside guiding Joe into the, these uh, nice parking spots in reverse and forward. And sometimes I notice that when he's trying to make that turn, the bag tires did not move at all. So it, they were acting more as a pivot point. So those are things that we have to get used to and are a little scary when you're trying to get into new areas that you haven't gone through before. Well, it was day two with the motorhome. We got up and we decided that we'd take it for a test drive just around the, uh, the RV center there. And we built, well, I built up my confidence and Anna was still nervous, but we, we made it uh, well, probably on a little 15-mile journey, and we made it all the way back to the RV center. And then we took off for our first real trip to Don Carter State Park in Georgia. So Don Carter State Parks has pull-throughs, and which makes it very easy for vehicles to actually come and park. It's very nice. They are only set up for fresh water and for electricity. And they have a dump site uh, available there for anyone who's RVing. And so this area, when you wake up in the morning, there's trees all around you. There's trees between you and other um, campers. Not a lot, but there's enough for enough privacy. So it was very set up. They also have um, picnic tables and your own little grill station. And we were lucky enough that our site actually had a little trail that we got to explore. And it was right off our parking location. So um, that little trail, our children seemed to really like, at least for the first mile and a half. Uh, we went on probably, I think overall, a total of four miles. And uh, we were trying to get our children back into nature hiking again and this was their first try in, in a while but they they ended up enjoying it but we also learned more about our motorhome and we developed too much confidence in our abilities um, but one of the great things about the motorhome which i think we talked about in our prior experiences with motorhomes has always been the toilets and issues around how well the toilets work or don't work fortunately the toilets on the new Integra work extremely well, and they actually have a pumping system on it, so we don't have to worry about it getting plugged up. Uh, and then the other thing we learned about was uh, it has a new system that we weren't, we'd never used before for um, pumping the waste off. Normally it's a gravity-fed system that we've used in the past, but this one actually has another pumping system that pumps all the waste and grinds it up and pumps it into the sewer system, uh, the dump station. Um, but after we got done staying at Don Carter State Park, we loaded up and uh, headed off to our next location. No. Tell them about how easy it is to do that, that flowing method. Oh, yes. So, from previous. So 
prior to this in the dumping system prior to this you used to have to hook up a, a flexible pipe and then run that to the sewer system and then open up a different drains and sometimes you'd completely drain the tank and sometimes you wouldn't but with this new system it's already connected it's all nice and sealed uh, and it takes about five minutes to basically completely dump your tanks there's a pump on it that pumps them completely empty and a flushing system too that flushes them out so uh, yeah the in the and a hose that you connect up to actually do the flushing so really it's a stink free cleaning you know, really nice and clean and it's very simple compared to past experiences so we're really happy about that but anyway we then moved on and we uh, headed off to our next location and the very first thing we thought we'd do is go get some diesel and I had the brilliant idea. I saw we were making this turn and um, I saw this service station. It happened to be the same service station, the same company that I used to work for before retiring. And we pulled in there and uh, had fun. Anna will tell us about that. So this place, uh, every time I see this station, I, I always say, hey, it's Mama Exxon. You know, it's uh, the company took care of us pretty well while my husband worked with it and during the process when we were getting married. So uh, we do enjoy uh, supporting the company. <laughs> so anyway, we saw Mama Exxon. Joe pulls in and, you know, I'm thinking, yeah, I think he should be able to make it and get in there and, and we should be fine. But we didn't account for the extra close to 10 feet of Jeep that we had behind us. And as he's pulling in and he's coming through, we nearly, we, we, I think we missed hitting the pumps with about what, six inches Yeah. before we said, it's not going to happen. And we stopped and we disconnected and then we had to rearrange. It was disconnected the Jeep. By yeah. The way. Disconnected the Jeep. And this process of trying to fuel up the gas has now, or the diesel has now turned from maybe a 15-minute ordeal, because it's a big tank, to a 30 to 45-minute ordeal, connecting, disconnecting, rearranging. And we have, we have people, you know, drinking coffee, and I'm sure someone took out the popcorn. While they were waiting to actually fill their, their vehicles up. So we actually did close down the service station. For, At least that side. For, for a period of time. And uh, I think we were, uh, uh, there were several people that were out there just looking and kind of giggling, giggling at us, I think. Uh, but we made it through. That was the important thing. And we learned that we needed a lot more turning radius when we went to get uh, fuel. And maybe it'd be better to stop off at a truck station, you know, a real truck station. Considering that we are, you know, with the Jeep, it's bigger than a semi. Uh, so uh, it's... Uh, it needs lots of room to get fuel. <laughs> so after filling up the 150 gallon tank full of diesel, we got back in. Well, first of all, we connected the Jeep back up to the motorhome and we got back on the road. And up to this point, the roads were relatively straight. And now we got onto windy, uh, relatively steep uh, terrain roads. Um, which we had to take very slow and they were also very narrow. Uh, 
And the road that we were on was called the Trail of Tears. And Anna took the opportunity to really discuss the meaning of that with the kids. And so, so it wasn't called the Trail of Tears. It was uh, different highways that actually were a part of where the Trail of Tears took place. So like Joe was saying before I really interrupted, um, we were able to discuss with the kids as to what the Trail of Tears was and, and the history behind that. So it's a, and the views were spectacular, um, even though it was a sad history lesson. So it took us a lot longer than what we thought to get to our first camping location, or actually our second camping location. And uh, it was still in Georgia, but we arrived there late in the evening. And it was actually dark by the time we got to the area that our campsite was. Um, it was a the camping uh, site was long enough for the motorhome, but we ended up getting the motorhome wedged within, I'd say, a half inch between two trees on each side of the motorhome, and uh, we uh, only through Anna's patient guidance. Did we actually make it out without scratching the motorhome? We we uh, we got out of the campsite and we just decided, you know what, we're not going to stay here tonight. But the other thing that we learned is that people are really really helpful at heart, and it reinstilled the, our faith in humankind actually. To see the number of people that came out of the out to try to help us, uh, to even try to find another spot for us, uh, and it was really nice to see. But after Anna had gotten us out of the 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 tight bind that we were in, on on a pull through, guys, this is a pull through, so it should have been easy peasy. Yeah, but when you look at the. The, the turn of the vehicle and the, and the location of the trees, it was not going to happen. <laughs> so anyway, we got out and we drove around the rest of the campground, which was also a tight squeeze. And on our way right out of the campground, I did end up scratching the motorhome. I hit a trash can. <laughs> but then we, uh, we parked right at the entry to the camping area and... I was looking for the campground host, and while I was doing that, Anna had several visitors. So all everyone was wondering if maybe they could help us out and see what they could do. And, you know, it, this is pretty late at night. We arrived there around 8.30. We still have a little bit of light, and that's when we started the process. By the time that Joe's talking about, it was already 11 o'clock at night. And... People were trying to help us out, and it, it just was not happening. We even tried to reverse, and I ended up getting the motorhome stuck in the front with a branch about to hit another tree. And that's when Joe and I said, no, we're done. It's it's pretty late. Um, we need to get some rest. It's not going to happen. So that turning radius on the vehicle, whether you're going forward or you know in reverse, trying to get into a parking spot, it's really big and it gets it you have to get used to it. It takes some time. So going into those locations not knowing what to expect is not gonna happen in the first time. So 
after gaining all that experience driving to the first location that we went to, Don Carter, you know, we, we had lots of confidence in our ability to maneuver the motorhome, only to be brought back to reality when we went to our second location. Um, but uh, then we learned, so we decided, all right, we're not going to be able to camp here for the night. It was the area we later found out was just spectacular, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But uh, we said, we're going to head off. And people had given us some other locations to go. And one of them was our newfound Motel 6 of RVing. Not, not Walmart, but the rest stop, uh, the rest area. And at least in Georgia and Tennessee, uh, you can camp overnight at the rest areas. Um, and we pulled up next to the big old 18-wheelers and camp there for the night. So I have this internal clock that always wakes me up between 5.30, 6 o'clock. Well, in this case, it was around 5.45 in the morning. Around 6 o'clock, I hear this big swoosh, just like kind of poof and something going on. And I'm thinking, you know, probably one of those truckers probably slammed into someone. They were coming in too fast, couldn't break, uh, didn't think anything of it, you know. And then I heard uh, a... The sirens going off and I'm like yep somebody hit someone well I was wrong so when I got up I decided it'd be nice to go for a little walk I was getting cramped we couldn't extend the, the motorhome uh, out when we were uh, at the rest area so I thought ah, I'd go for a little walk and check out the, the visitor center well, I Walked out the motorhome door. So all the shades were pulled in the motorhome prior to this. And I walked out the motorhome door only to see in front of us this car. That's kind of an odd spot for a car. And then there was a woman that was having emotional difficulties, we'll say, uh, over on the side. And I started walking over by the car and noticed that the whole front end of the car was gone. <laughs> it was torched entirely. And... Uh, I asked the woman what happened, and she said that she pulled up, and the car was making strange noises, and she pulled into the rest area to check it out, and it caught fire, and this thing was burnt. Even the tires on the front of the car were completely gone. You just saw the, the rims on the tire, and the paint was all gone. It was all just black in the front, so the front hood up through the passenger, the front passenger seat. Uh, so that was another another experience for us um, but once we uh, we got through that we got back on the road and we started looking around for places to go and we found our saving grace so our plan was to actually stay in Georgia right well like Joe says we have to keep ourselves very agile as to um, to change and this was a big one. The only location that we found that was that had any places available within the last minute was a place located in Tennessee. Tennessee was not in our plans for this trip. But you know, you get what you get. So we decided to call this place this place out is called Sasquatch Farms and it's a brand new RV park or not park but it's got an RV resort. It's an RV resort. And uh, well, it it's brand new. Yeah, it's brand new. It, they're still working on it. But it had electric and it had water. And it also had a dump site. 
in the area, right? So we were we were going, okay, well, it's close enough to where we're currently located, which was right at the edge of Georgia. And uh, it was only about 20, 25 minutes away from our location. We wanted to settle down and they had enough openings for us to be able to stay pretty much the entire week. So we headed up to Tennessee. It was a perfect centralized location to Alabama, Tennessee, and Georgia. So we really enjoyed that. And their website actually provided us with enough information to think of things to do in the area. And also the views were amazing. They have views of Alabama. I think it was Alabama, right? From mm-hmm. where we were at in one of the trails. And also we found lots of butterflies in the trails and blueberries, uh, blueberry bushes that were already starting to get some blueberries on them and um, lots of variations of butterflies. And they also have a, several waterfalls in the location, but we were we only saw one while we were there. They haven't set up uh, a trail going to the other location. So we ended up spending five nights at Sasquatch Farms. Um, that so we talked about it being an RV resort. And my initial thought about an RV resort was, you know, a KOA campground and not too nice. Well, this place was actually very nice. However, it's still in a work in progress. And uh, it's actually in a very scenic area. And it gave us an opportunity of driving through a lot of Tennessee. We took the Jeep and drove around Tennessee and western Georgia and south spectacular sites. Uh, so this area is right in the middle of it all. And there, I think, you know, by the time they get this thing finally set up, you know, in its finished form, it's going to be a beautiful place to stay. And very convenient for those who've got long motorhomes and, and need a, an easy place to park. But uh, we'll go into more on our trip through our trips through Tennessee and Western Georgia in another podcast. So, as you guys know, I'm also working on writing my first cookbook. Uh, being that I have a culinary degree and was in the food industry and worked as a private chef up until I got married in 2013, I'm working on my first cookbook, and through it. I have been a part of several launch teams, and one of those launch teams was for this new author. Her name is Doris Sue, and I got the chance, she lives in Canada, so I got the chance to talk to her in regards to uh, Toronto, where she lives, and also about her book that I read. And it's an amazing book, and it's for a great cause, and that is going to be our next episode. So tune up for that. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. Thank you. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Now, go outside and don't rot your brains.